2022 is basically over and just like everyone else does near the end of the year it's time to discuss the best albums of the year of 2022 or at least my favorite albums of the year as per usual these lists are subjective so these are just albums that i enjoyed and that my criteria has always has been these are albums that i liked but also are just good albums in my opinion um and this time around we have 24 most of them are not really in any particular order minus the top five i'd say i mean the rest can pretty much shift day to day but this is what we have as of right now so without further ado let's get into it at number 24 i have al doms with prescribed overdose al doms is a virginia rapper and i believe this is his studio album uh, this project does well to introduce new fans to al doms because Throughout the project, he's basically getting three different doses, and each dose has a different effect on him. And, you know, gets to it basically tells you more about him as a person. At 23, we have Rue Shankle with Rue. I've talked about this project many times before, and I've played it for people outside of this. I've also interviewed Rue, so check that out if you are interested at all. But this project is it's solid. It's something that I, whenever I need just background music to throw on or I'm driving around with people I don't know that well, I'm like, I'm going to just throw this on because it's kind of a safe option. And more often than not, people are like, oh, who's this? I'm like, oh, it's Rue. At number 22, we have Rome Streets with Kiss the Ring. This album is a Rome Streets album. It is, it is his Griselda debut. And for fans of Rome Streets, this is excellent. For people who didn't really care about Rome Streets, this is another Rome Streets album. Um, personally, I didn't listen to it as much as I wanted to, but whenever I did, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, solid introduction to Griselda, I guess, for Rome Streets. At 21, we have King Crooked and Joel Ortiz with Rise and Fall of Slaughterhouse. This project dropped back in March, I believe, and... Surrounding the whole project, there was a bunch of drama about Slaughterhouse, which was originally a group formed by Joe Budden, Joel Ortiz, King Crooked, and Royce to 59 They dropped a couple projects, well, a project, and then signed to Shady, dropped an actual album. Their next album, Glass House, never came out. And, you know, over the years, people were like, oh, well, they're basically broken up. We basically got confirmation of that this year. Uh, there's a whole lot of drama regarding it. And if you're interested at all, at all in it, definitely like you can do your own research. I've talked about it before as well. But uh, if you don't know any about the Slaughterhouse album or, or drama, it's still a good listen. Like even if you take out all the Slaughterhouse stuff from it, it's it's a very solid project. At twenty, we have the first album that's probably going to upset some people: uh, Kendrick Lamar with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Now this is a good album. It is not one of my favorite albums, though. There, There is a difference. I acknowledge that this is a good album. The things he talks about are very solid and interesting. Uh, but it's nothing that I haven't heard before, I guess. And it's, you know, for some, like, for an artist like Kendrick who took so much time off in between projects, like, yes, I get it. He had some reflection time. But it's nothing, they're, they're not necessarily new ideas. Uh, the music was still enjoyable overall, but did it need to be as long as it was? Probably not. Like I get that it's a personal story and he's talking about everything going on with him, but eh, 
it wasn't really doing much for me. Um, but again, good album. I appreciate all the things that he's brought up. I appreciate all the topics that he addressed, but just not something that I've returned to frequently. And then you guys are probably going to get upset with the next option or next thing in the list being Larry June at number 19 with Spaceships on the Blade. Now, Larry June is someone, I mean, Bay Area bias already, I guess, but he is someone who I just listen to if I need, again, just writing music, kind of like Rue, but this is a little bit more basic. I don't listen to Larry June for lyrics. I listen to him just for how he sounds and how the beats sound. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm basic at that. Like, yes, he, he may be saying some stuff, but that's not what I listen to him for. Kind of like why everyone listens to trap music. You don't necessarily care what they're saying, or at least not everyone does. It's just kind of noise. Um, and that's kind of degrading to Larry June. Like he, he is a good artist and his project with Alchemist is probably going to be really good based off of the one track that they did on this project. But it's, it's at the end of the day, music that I listen to just to drive around to. At number 18, we have Black Thought and Danger Mouse with Cheat Codes. Cheat Codes is a good rap album, and I just didn't listen to it enough to place it any higher. I will say, I think the, the reason I didn't return to it as often or didn't go to it as often may just be the way that Black Thought wants his vocals mixed. It kind of sounds like he's like rapping through a radio, and that's what's being recorded. Um, I mean, it's a stylistic choice, sure. And I will say, once I ignore that and get past it, it's fine. It's just, I have to be in the right mood for it. And, you know, if I'm not in the right mood for it, and I can't just throw it on, it's not something that I'm going to listen to very often. But I will say, if you want good raps with pretty good production, this is the album for you. At number 17, we have Boldy James and Nicholas Craven with Fair Exchange No Robbery. This album, it's interesting because... The main reason I like it is because of production. Boldy James, I know a lot of people like. People love his slow flow. People just like how he raps. But for me, he's one of those artists who drops so many projects like throughout the year. Like He just dropped two projects in like the last month or so um, that I don't really f- know where to start or where to jump in. I mean, yeah, you could just jump in at any point. But for me, I'm I'm of the type who would just... I'd need to listen to everything that they put out. And if I don't listen to everything they put out, what is the point? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Very rarely am I just going to go and pick one album out of uh, their entire discography to just randomly listen to. So this album, like I said, mainly grabbed me from the production. Nicholas Craven did a great job. No no sample snitching. (laughs) Um, But the samples are really good. And the way that it flows into the actual song and the lyrics that Boulder James got, it works out really well. And overall, an enjoyable listen. Uh, and at number 16, we have Westside Gun with 10. This is the highest placement of any Griselda member on this list. So no Westside Gun, or sorry, uh, no Conway the Machine and no Benny the Butcher on this list. And the reason for that is this project. This project made me realize that Griselda does well, but they do exceptionally well when they have the backing of Westside Gun or Westside Gun just kind of curating things. Because this project was very much a Westside Gun curated album. It wasn't, I mean, him rapping his ass off, which sure he can do whenever he wants to, 
but this is more of him taking a backseat and be like, nah, this is how I want the album to sound. It's what I want to get out of the album. This is how I want to put everything together. And it almost makes me feel like if West Side Gun wanted to, he could put out a um, an underground, I guess, version of any DJ Khaled album. And it would more than likely sound better than anything DJ Khaled has put out in the last six years. Like, this album, I, I just enjoy most of it. And the fact that it starts off with a trap beat, with, which is produced by West Side Gun's son, and then goes on to something that I would listen to just in my spare time with Busta Rhymes and just... It just sounds good. It also has a Black Thought, or not Black Thought, a Black Starburst or feature that, in my opinion, is better than the entirety of Black Star 2. Like, that album wasn't that great, in my opinion. So, it definitely, definitely a good listen and definitely something that I would urge many listeners to check out, especially if you're just kind of into a variety of sounds and going into an album not necessarily expecting the artist uh being the main voice you hear throughout the whole thing next up at number 15 we have chris patrick the man with two first names with x files this is again i believe his debut album uh, and he is hip-hop twitter's sweetheart everyone on hip-hop twitter seems to love him and i mean i understand why he shows a lot of promise he's still in my opinion a fairly new artist but he shows a lot of potential. In the coming years, I'm sure we'll hear a really great project from him, honestly. But this project, the reason it's on here is because, one, I listen to it a lot. But two, it's a pretty personal album. You get a lot of him. You hear a lot about him. You hear a lot about the things going on in his life, in his head. And it's something that I feel more people can relate to than some other artists. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see where he goes next and Really, yeah, whatever happens next, because on this project, you also get some singing from him, which, you know, that's pretty neat. At number 14, we have Monty Draper with Communion Book 1 and Book 2. The reason I'm including both of them is because I believe they're EPs. Uh, Monty can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're short listens, and I feel like they make sense together. Communion Book 1 came out of Monty's laptop being stolen, and that laptop had essentially what he what he calls his life's work, an album that would have been you know his kind of like his mag, mag, magnum opus. Yeah, um, but it was supposed to be like his album, but it got stolen, and he basically made this as a result. And in my mind, this is at least book one is him coming to terms with that loss and just moving forward and seeing what he can create beyond that. Book two, in my mind, it's kind of a reflection of sorts because Grand National went to Amsterdam for a couple weeks and this came out shortly after that. So I feel like it's somewhat related to that. Uh, But still, both very good listens, shorter projects. So Bay Area, (laughs) you know, the Bay Area bias is still there, but still check it out. And at number 13, another project that I feel a lot of people will be a little confused as to why it's so low, um, is Pusha T with It's Almost Dry. For the majority of this year, Pusha T's It's Almost Dry was pretty high on my list. But then when I started making this list, I realized I don't know why I like this project. I mean, I like Pusha T, and he raps about cocaine a lot, and he raps about it well, 
But beyond that, what what makes this album good to me? I mean, the production is okay at best. Like Pharrell and Kanye didn't do anything too mind blowing or groundbreaking. Um, I will say the final track with Malice is really solid and is probably one of my favorite songs of the year, or at least on that list. But beyond that, it's like I don't I don't know why I liked it. And the only reason it's still this high up is because I listen to it a lot. And I think that has to count for something. Like, again, the production isn't anything crazy. It's good. It is better than a lot of albums that I've listened to because I listen to a lot of albums. But still, like, I, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, let me know if if you feel the same way, if you really think about it. Because, like, yeah, he's been promoting it as Rap Album of the Year. But is it? Um. Anyways, at number 12... We have Sadistic and No with Bring Me Back When the World is Cured. Now, this project, I believe, dropped in at the end of March, early April. Uh, no was kind enough to let me get an early listen to it. And so that's kind of why I didn't listen to it as much uh, beyond that. But it's it's a really solid project. The concept that I went into with it, or at least the thought or idea that I had going into it, was just based off the title alone, Bring Me Back When the World is Cured. This is coming out in 2022. I presume it was recorded, or a lot of it was recorded in 2021, uh, maybe 2020. And, you know, during that time, obviously pandemic, but also just a whole bunch of other shit happening. So they're like, you know what? We're going to step back. Bring me back when the world is cured. I'm not going to deal with any of this. I don't need to fix anything. Just, just call me <laughs> call me when it's ready um kind of like the green day song wake me up when september ends like I, i'm just i don't want to deal with it and you know a lot of themes carry on through that project like like that uh whole idea of bring me back when the world is cured um, but also you know sadistic has continued on with his horror theming and just i guess emo raps you could say at a very very basic level um, I will say this is not my favorite sadistic album. Uh, I do prefer some other music from him where he's, I guess, a little bit less conceptual and more consistent because there are a variety of sounds on this. But I do enjoy this project because it really does feel like a collaborative piece of work. At number 11, we have the newest release with Souls, Herbert. Now, I'm glad I waited to make this list uh, for this album to come out because... This album is pretty good. Like on the opposite side of the spectrum from Kendrick where Absol also took some time off. It was six years. Um, He came back with a project where yes, he's again, just like Kendrick telling us where he's been and what he's been going through, but does it in a more concise manner and in a manner that I felt was better done and more easily digestible. It just sounded better to me. Uh, minus the fact that the title version, which is the streaming service that I use uh, primarily, uh, is only in Dolby Atmos. And while Dolby Atmos may sound good on some speakers and headphones, it doesn't sound that good on most things. And unless you actually have an engineer who, I mean, I mean, if it is Ali that mixed it, like I, I do have faith in him and I feel like he would know how to do it. Um, but if you have an engineer who knows how to mix for Dolby Atmos, uh, it would sound good regardless. Um, so th- that's just a random rant regarding that project. But overall good. You get to hear a lot about where he's been and uh, the things that he's done in the time. I mean, 
uh, apparently a lot of it was recorded before he had attempted suicide uh but he also talks about it in the album and it's it's interesting it's it's kind of like a hey i understand album which you know sometimes we need it we are now in our top 10 or my top 10 not ours i'm just one person uh with number 10 being lupe fiasco's drill music in zion you you know lupe fiasco had to be on this list there's no way that he wouldn't this project is enjoyable i will say that there are flaws in this album the album was recorded in i believe 72 hours and on a hundred dollar usb microphone so yes some aspects of it may not sound as great and yes it may sound like it was recorded in three days but i still think it's an enjoyable listen like it's he talks about a whole lot of things there's a whole lot of concepts to it just like every other lupe fiasco album and most of the concepts i don't understand but there are a lot of really solid songs on it especially the final track with on phonem where the entirety of the first verse is rappers die too much that's it that's the verse and this is a idea and i guess topic that has been brought up a lot of times in the past year i mean it's something that we should have been talking about years and years ago because rappers have been dying for a while but i guess it kind of escalated this year so it's even more poignant like it's it's yes rappers die too much like we just need to discuss it like we don't like why and i mean there's no he doesn't offer necessarily a specific solution but you know it's something that needs to be talked about and something that should be figured out i feel we can't just keep having all these young kids die like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense um but yeah like i said enjoyable listen um but there's there's way too much to it for me to dissect unless i only listen to that for a few months <laughs> at number nine we have nas with king's disease three nas and hit boy now this project may just seem like a continuation of king's disease one and two and it kind of is and this time around though it does feel like um it does feel like nas is trying to do or hop on slightly different beats and he does and he does sound good on them and just like he's done in the past he's kind of brought up different or like uh brought in other artists but only for actually no he didn't do that he he brought in different sounds that other artists do this is actually it's just just nas but he kind of pulls up other sounds which i think is is good it shows that he can age gracefully he can age well and still sound good on more modern i guess if you want to call it production um i will still say that this isn't necessarily my favorite of all the collabs that they've done i still like now i think magic might be better but still very solid rap project and very very good production from hit boy at number eight we have jid with the forever story now i think most of y'all might have thought this would be higher up for me and i thought so too but as i as i sat with this album i didn't really listen to it as much like yes i listened to it a lot when it came out and i listened to the singles a bunch but you know if you think about it some of the singles came out way early in the year and we just kind of had to wait for the album to actually drop um but that doesn't mean the album's bad the album talks a lot about jid's family his life growing up a lot of his personal life experiences 
And I mean, while this might not be the original version of the Forever Story that was supposed to come out, because I did, I do think he mentioned that this was like a redo essentially, because it got leaked originally, and then they're like, okay, well, let's 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 take let's let's start from the top, basically. Um, but it's it's still very enjoyable. Like songs like Crack Sandwich is it's a standout. Like personally as i listened to it a bunch i realized that the mixing didn't sound great but maybe that was intentional but it's an entire song about him and his <laughs> his siblings getting into a bar fight um then you have tracks well literally my song of the year cody blue 31 where it's just him singing and he sings well he's gotten a lot of vocal training over the years and it, it has paid off now, I wish this album had come out earlier in the year, and I wish I had come out closer to the Never Story, but we finally got it, and it is pretty good. Um, I'm I'm sure other people will relate to it a little bit more and have it higher up on their list. This is just where I have it. At number seven, we have another fairly new release with Little Sims' No Thank You. This album dropped just a couple weeks ago, and it was a basically a surprise drop. She announced it, and then a couple of days later it came out. And it really just feels like a continuation of Sometimes I Might Be Introvert, which she dropped last year, I believe. This album basically, in my mind, takes those ideas and makes it less grandiose and more just upfront and makes it sound more vulnerable and just to the point, I guess. I mean, to be fair though, each, like, I guess the average runtime of this album, like each song is about four minutes, which by default is longer than most, most albums. Um, but you know, it's, it's still really solid and she gets her point across. It all sounds very good. Inflows is still a very good producer and I'm glad that they're still working together. And yeah, she just talks about a whole lot of different topics ranging from record deals to how good she raps to just people being broken in general, which again, another one of the, another one of the, uh, the good songs of the year. One of my, some of my favorite songs of the year. And it runs like seven minutes long. <laughs> and at number six, we have Saba with few good things. This album dropped very early in the year. I believe February 4th, something like that. For some reason, that's a, a day that I remembered for this album, but, uh, it was good. If you watch my review on it, you know that I mentioned I really appreciated that he added the short film to it because, you know, throughout the album, yeah, you hear little snippets and little uh, talking pieces, I guess, where you see, like, you kind of get an idea what the album's about. And what the album is about is his family being in Chicago, moving to Chicago, um, and his, like, I believe it's his grandfather who's doing some of the narration there. And, it, it just makes it feel more personal and every song makes a little bit more sense. Once you add in the short film, which it, it really isn't that long. It's, I think it's like 25 minutes, maybe 35 minutes, something like that. Like it's, it just adds more to the album and you know, just how like most music videos are supposed to do. Like it, it just adds more to it and makes it make more sense and more personal, I guess. So Definitely another really solid project. And he, you know, he talks about a whole lot of things. This is a personal album. So, you know, definitely worth a listen. All right. With that said, now we are in our top five albums of the year. With number five being Westside Boogie's More Black Superheroes. Now, if you've been following me for a little while, you know that Boogie's last album was on my album of the year list whenever it dropped. And 
This one, I feel, added more to the Boogie Cinematic Universe, I guess. Like, the previous album, yes, it was a personal album, but it was his debut on Shady. So, it sounded kind of manufactured to some extent. It sounded kind of commercialized. And again, while it it was very unique in its own right, this one basically, in my mind, took those ideas and pushed it a little bit further, made it more about him. And that, I don't know, that something about that makes it feel like a more complete project. Like a very, also a very solid follow-up to his pre- uh, previous project. Um, I believe this was also on Shady. But, you know, throughout this project, he's talking about how, well, the different versions of him <laughs> in the album, like, he talks about that. But he gets kind of vulnerable, which, yes, he did on his previous project, and he's been doing that his the majority of his career. But he talks about a lot of things just going on in his life. He talks about how he's, like, yes, it sounded like a, a woman's voice when he was uh, on the album, but he's in therapy. But people are like, oh, I can't believe you're still like this and you're in therapy. I can't believe you're still just useless, essentially. Which could be an actual conversation he's had or something that he's just been dealing with in his own head. Like, it's still, both things are very valid. And, you know, if you're already kind of doubtful of yourself and you feel like you need to go get help and you still have these doubts of yourself, you're like, okay, well, what what am I even doing, (laughs) right? So... I I appreciate that he was vulnerable on this project. And that's also, it's also just some very solid music throughout the project. Uh, At number four, we have Brookfield Deuce with Coordinates. Brookfield Deuce is another rapper from the Bay Area. So, again, you know where my bias lies. Uh, he he was or he's from Brookfield Village out in Oakland. So, basically, just just over there. (laughs) Um, But... This project is, again, really solid. This took kind of the same things I was talking about with Lupe's album, where it's like, oh, rappers die too much, or like find something else to rap about, and goes into it. Like, the track Rearview Thoughts, it basically just says, like, there's all these things going on in your life, but you don't want to rap about it. Like, there's, there's so many things to rap about, but you choose to rap about these things that are super generic, um, promoting unnecessary violence, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, obviously there are the more Bay Area-centric tracks, at least in my mind, the songs that I enjoy the most, such as Big Ballin', um, Lunchtime, which is just, it just sounds so menacing. And I believe the video is out for it now. Um, and also 310 Lennox Ave, which is also crazy to think about because that's an address in D.C., but it sounds like a Bay song. And he talks about being from Oakland specifically, not from the Bay. So it's just, it all makes sense. It all sounds good. Um, and also, if you want more information on the album, uh, check out the interview I did with him. It, it was a fun time. At number three, we have another Bay Area artist with Rex Life Rogers' The Blue Hour. Now, this album came out of Rex life Raj dealing with the loss of both of his parents and while I cannot directly relate to that there's a lot of emotion in this album there's a lot of just there's just so much going on and even if you may not be able to relate to the things that he's rapping about 
I feel like most people would be able to sympathize with them or empathize with them. Like these are emotions that people have to go through. Like people have to go through grief at some point, at one point or another. And I feel like this album again, while I might I have not experienced that or to that extent myself, I I'm sure that this album will help others get through those emotions and get through those tough times. And even aside from that, even if you're ignoring all the emotion and everything that he's talking about, it's just it's good raps. And not even just raps, it's good R and B slash rap and good vocals and production. Everything sounds good about this project. Um and yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's one of those albums that I just kind of throw on, but also I want I throw on when I want to, I guess, feel something. Because, <laughs> you know, we, you get so stuck in the day-to-day of, uh, here here we go, I got to go to work, got to deal with all these people, got to come back from work, do other work, and then go to bed and start all over. Like, you get you get numb to life and... Albums like this make you feel something again. <laughs> um, and with that said, at number two, we have the last Bay Area artist on it. Don't worry. Uh, Passwords with Flowers. Passwords, if you aren't aware, is another Oakland native and is well known for his battle raps. He he rap good. <laughs> um, but, you know, the whole stigma of battle rappers being oh, they they only know how to do gun bars or they only know how to do battle rap when whenever they actually make albums is kind of mediocre. Like, none of that applies here. Like, this album is Passwords talking about the flowers that he feels like he deserves, but also giving flowers to everyone else. Like, it's a, it's a very good album. It's a very good, it's a very personal album. And it's actually, I believe, his debut album. So it's just, there's a lot to take in. Um, one of the standout tracks to me was Alive, where the hook is essentially what you want to be when you grow up. And I've, I've thrown it up on Instagram a bunch of times, but it's something that's like, oh, like you actually want to know what people want to do when they grow up. And it's like, you know, coming from like immigrant families, like you're kind of suggested to do certain things. But whatever you actually may want to do may be looked down on or thought of as unsuccessful or just kind of a waste of time. So for him to, you know, talk about that, like, oh, what you want to be when you grow up, like these are all these things that you could do. But also then adding at the end of the song, him talking to his children and asking them what they wanted to be when they grow up or what they want to be, like it's touching. And I mean, he asked his daughter and she wanted to be a nurse. And he's like, oh, why do you want to be a nurse? Because nurses help people. And then he asked his son and he's like, oh, I want to be a rapper and an actor. And he he wants to be a rapper because he wants to be like his dad. And then he wants to be an actor just because like, you know, that's that's cool. And Pass is one of those parents who's like just being very supportive. He's like, yeah, you can do these things. (laughs) Like, and he's, it's just, you know, I feel something that's missed at sometimes. And something that I I appreciate and want to apply whenever, if I ever have children. Uh, and at number one, we have Denzel Curry with Melt My Eyes to Your Future. 
an album that no one expected me to put on here because I never talk about Denzel Curry and how much I appreciate his music and how much I like this album specifically. Especially not because the deluxe album added so much more to it, in my opinion. Um, this project, it came out pretty early in the year, but it's been an album that I listen to con- almost continuously. Like it's, uh, I need something to listen to. All right, throw on Melt My Eyes because it's just, it's good. I, I, I think when I went into it originally, I was thinking, oh, he's going to rap about coming out of the pandemic and all these things like melt my eyes. So like, oh, I'm going to go blind so I can see the future. Kind of like an Oracle sort of thing. Like we're, we were kind of in a time of uncertainty, I guess you could say. And even though he did release music, I believe between 2020 and now, um, you know, we, we didn't know what was happening. So he was like, all right, well, let me take on this role of the blind swordsman or the oracle. Um, basically, all these ideas that, ah, yes, if I get rid of one of my senses, all my other senses become stronger. Because he's kind of a nerd, too. But it, it all kind of flows well together. Um, whenever Denzel Curry puts out an actual album, um, where an album being something that he takes a little bit more time on and focuses on and kind of goes into with an idea such as this project and the last one being taboo it it turns out pretty well um i mean that's not to say that the projects that he's done in between which are more of like kind of fun albums or more freestyled albums are bad like they're they're still very good like zoo which apparently was entirely freestyled is still really solid and is one of my favorite albums from him as well um, but then like you have other projects like Unlocked where it's like, okay, well we have a loose theme. We'll kind of run with it. Um, that sort of thing. And I, I just feel like he does well. Um, over the years, he's kind of perfected his craft and whenever he does want to focus on something, he does it very well. Now I mentioned the deluxe a little bit ago and the deluxe is essentially a re-recording of the majority of the songs, but with a live band and you know, Sometimes that may sound, uh, I don't want to hear the live version of it, but this is a good live version of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a concert recording. It's just, he got in the booth with a band and re-recorded the tracks. It sounds like, it's, it basically sounds like he did a Tiny Desk show, but for an album. Uh, and there are a few other songs that are added only on the deluxe edition that aren't on the original album. So that's pretty solid too. Um, but yeah. That's that is my that is my album of the year and an album that I probably will return to frequently. I mean, I've been listening to it this week too. It's not <laughs> it's, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone at this point. Um, but after after all that, after all that talking, uh, that that is my list. Those are my twenty four albums. Uh, let me know in the comments below what is on your album of the year list. You don't have to have twenty four song or albums. You can have like three if you want. Um, also let me know what you thought of my list and the ramblings I had for a lot of these albums. Uh, and while you're down there, like and subscribe if you want to see more content like this. Thank you for watching and please stay safe out there.